submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. We call this podcast, Are You a Fan of the Dark? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Are You a Fan of the Dark? I'm Dale. And I'm Jody. And in this week's episode, we are going to go over the tale of the captured souls. Insert screaming noise of people here. Yeah. Also, we apologize for any background noise this week. It's summertime in Arizona, and it's really, really hot, and our house is old, so we have fans on. So, sorry about that. Um, anyway, getting back to the story, what do you remember about this episode, Jody? Honestly, not a lot with this particular episode. Uh, I'm really not familiar with this one. It's one of the few that I don't have a good memory for. I do recall this one, but only because of one scene. I know that it's about a girl that goes on vacation with her family to some B&B somewhere that's next to a lake or seaside or whatever, and her parents start getting sick and weak while they're there, but the caretaker is getting stronger, who's this, like, young, pasty guy. Does he get older as well as the story goes on? He doesn't get older, I don't think. I think he just stops looking like garbage. (laughs) I don't remember exactly, but the thing that sticks out in my mind is at one point, the main girl winds up finding a wall or a board that has a bunch of tally marks on it that has symbols of man, woman, child, or family or something like that on it. And I don't remember what it, what it all means, but what it culminates into is that if I remember correctly, the caretaker is basically sucking the life out of the girl's parents. I don't remember how, I don't remember why, but that's about it. Let's get on to our retro sponsor of the week. Liquid Cool. New Capri Sun Strawberry Kiwi Flavor, the latest in Liquid Cool. All right, this week's retro sponsor is Capri Sun. Do you have a lot of fond memories of Capri Sun? You know, I actually was not a big Capri Sun drinker when I was younger. I loved the little like plastic aluminum foil bags that you could get and drink from. <laughs> Stick the straw in and suck. Just doesn't sound good. But I was not a big uh, drinker of this. My parents were very anti-me having sugar. Because <laughs> ah. <laughs> I could go psycho. Uh, so we weren't allowed this a lot. So it was very a uh, rare drink for me. Well, my parents weren't so concerned with that because I used to drink Kool-Aid that was pretty much like 50% sugar. <laughs> Your parents loved you as a child. <laughs> We were also poor. Sometimes we would get Capri Sun and I would always be very excited because it tasted good, but there was never enough in the pouch. <laughs> you know, I do distinctly remember never having enough in the pouch either. I think that was the number one complaint with Capri Sun. I used to be able to drink it all in one gulp. I don't think I can anymore. I haven't had one in a while, so. Have you tried? No. I do remember when I was in middle school in my, you know, my Airheads drug selling days. That's a, a short stint of time when we actually did have Capri Suns all the time. And I just remembered feeling so cool. But by then, like, Capri Suns weren't really that cool to bring to school anymore. Yeah, that was totally the young kindergarten treat yeah. that you would have because you couldn't suck it down in one gulp at that point. 
Yeah. And I remember all the crazy, crazy commercials. Just all the kids turning into liquid and doing sports. I blame Terminator too. I blame Alex Mack. That too. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like a goo people sort of time in the 90s, I suppose. 90s, the time of the goo people. But uh, so we have, you know, the classic fruit punch, Capri Sun. Oof. Yeah. Um, so we each have a pouch. And I was never one of those kids that had trouble of like stabbing the straw through the Capri Sun pouch. Got mine in fine. All right. Cheers. Clutch. <laughs> All in one go, Dale. No. Oh, that tastes weird. <laughs> tastes like juice, sort of. It is definitely a fruit mixture. <laughs> I taste fine overtones of grape. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably got grape concentrate in it. Probably does. Supposedly has apple, orange, pineapple, and no grape. No, there's grape. Cherry and grape. Oh, sorry. They're on the other side where it blends in with the sun's reflection. So yeah, that pretty much tastes the same. I wouldn't drink it all the time. Okay, so what this tastes like is when you take a fruit cocktail from the store. Mm. Little... Like a can? Yeah, the little plastic jugs or the little canned ones. You crack it open. It's called fruit cocktail. That's the actual style mm-hmm. you're looking for. Tastes like that juice. It tastes it. exactly like the leftover <laughs> syrup. Yeah, I remember stabbing these things and sucking mm-hmm. what seemed just like a mouthful in, and that was the entire bag. Mm-hmm. Those would be really good frozen. Hmm. We have a whole box left. We could put the rest in the freezer. <laughs> and that's what we call a daiquiri. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, two weeks in a row, not disappointments. This <laughs> still has an odd flavor. I do. I would say it's not disappointing. I don't know if I would mark this as being good. The daiquiri sounds like a good uh, improvement, though. Well, all right then. So Capri Sun still tastes like Capri Sun. Definitely tastes like Capri Sun, <laughs> which is okay. Okay. Well, let's move on to watch the tale of the captured souls. <laughs> Alright, we just finished watching The Tale of the Captured Souls, Episode 7 of Season 1. The original air date was October 3rd, 1992. It was written by Anne Appleton and directed by DJ McHale. So with those credentials, I was expecting another Hungry Hounds. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, it wasn't as bad as Hungry Hounds, for sure. Low bar, but totally accurate. (laughs) So we have it opening with Gary calculating how old Eric is down to the minute and hours. The kids are basically just being kids and bantering back and forth doing what they do. With suddenly, what should their eyes see but blindness? Yep. He comes in with a Polaroid camera and gets all up in everyone's faces, taking their pictures one by one. Before finally taking her own. I think Frank had commented it was, oh, look, it's a flasher. Yes. <laughs> and then... Uh, Quick wit, that one. Betty Ann has the best line. It's like a ghost becoming real. It's like a ghost becoming real. It's real the, special. The delivery. Perfect. <laughs> None of the kids are happy with the photos, especially Kristen. Of course. Um, but then Kiki gets all esoteric and weird talking about cameras and how they potentially capture souls. Yeah, you know those Indian tribes. Those Indian tribes and how they hate cameras because they steal souls. Which is vaguely tied to the story, I suppose. But uh, with that note, Kiki, you know, throws the midnight dust and starts her story. As the story starts, we are introduced to Danny and her family. They're going on a trip because they had found a bed and breakfast or a hotel that guaranteed 
A place you'll never forget. A lovely little cottage right on the shore of the lake. Convenient for swimming. Pretty much whatever you want to do. Yeah, sure. Seems like a pretty chill place. So when they get there, immediately Danny hops out and she runs up the steps to the place only to find the door locked. Her parents are like, well, try and find a key. So she reaches above the door frame where there actually happens to be a mirror and she accidentally touches it and it shocks her. Very strange. I don't normally get shocked by mirrors unless I'm looking in them, but touching them has never given me that reaction. Yeah, usually, <laughs> usually. But uh, she doesn't find a key uh, as the door opens and... Creepy McCreeperson. Uh, no, uh, young Peter opens the door. He's, he's a yeah. he's a little little wasted uh, child. Very odd mannerisms. Very not of this age uh, type of talking. Very polite. Never uses a short name, Mister and Missus, at all times. And he definitely looks like he's got tuberculosis. <laughs> Hardcore suffering from that. <laughs> no coughing, but he's a little pale. Oh yeah. Um, and he <laughs> and that hair. Oh, Lord, that hair. Not that hair. Um, the parents continually ask him, you know, well, maybe we should talk to your parents if we can check in. And he just kind of gracefully sidesteps and avoids answering any of those inquiries. Yeah, he takes them on a quick tour of the house, showing them to their rooms as any good uh, servitor should. Yeah, and uh, Danny happens to notice that there's mirrors everywhere. Oh, didn't you know? His family collects them. Yeah, um, which is all great until I was a little skeezed out by the dad jumping and laying on the bed and looking up at the mirror that's over the pillows on the bed. And he's like, oh, no, I kind of like it. And the mom <laughs> just gives him this knowing look and like continues unpacking or whatever. Yeah, it's a little more adult joke. <laughs> Danny is completely oblivious, thankfully. <laughs> of no, again, Danny touches another mirror uh, in this place. To, you know, bring it to everyone's attention, where again she is shocked. Uh, Quite literally, like an electric shock. When she asks Peter about it, um, he, he just simply says, uh, you know, this place is old. It has kind of faulty wiring. Sorry about that. The wiring is quite old. In the mirror? Let me show you your room, Danielle. In the mirror? <laughs> yeah. She's just like, I don't fucking get it, but whatever. She's shown to her room, and Peter is... He's the king of creep. He really is. Because um, he finally reveals or says to them that, oh, my parents aren't here. They're on a cruise. So I'll check you in. I'll take care of you. Blah, 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 blah. To which Danny says, oh, you're here all alone. And he looks at her in the classic creepy McCreep face way and says, well, not anymore. Yeah, the entire time, the second that the family arrives, Peter is very deliberately acting forward. Hi, how are you? Oh, let me ingratiate myself with the family so much. And he's going with that full tilt. And he is flirting with Danny the entire time, trying to get her attention and always calling her Danielle, which she hates. Hates <laughs> it. Um, so then we fast forward to another scene uh, later on where Danny is playing catch with her dad out in the yard and Peter's just watching them. And he, in his very creepy way, says, oh, you got quite an arm on you, Danny. I like a girl that's physically fit or something horrible like physically that. Physically fit, yes. Ugh, ugh, so gross. It's Danny. Uh, don't call me Danielle. So the dad is kind of taking pity on Peter. He's like, hey, Peter, why, why don't you come in on this? To which Peter, um, he says, I am not a sportsman. I do not sports ball. <laughs> that's exact. I mean, pretty much. That, that era of lingo. Yeah, he 
fails spectacularly in trying to catch the ball and he winds up running to go get it and Danny goes up to her dad and she's like dad this was supposed to be a vacation just for us can we just forget about this guy and her dad's just like oh come on come on honey be nice he's alone (laughs) Uh, to which Pete joins back into the conversation by saying I'm gonna let it rip and chucks the ball over towards Danny's father, which the ball goes two feet away from Pete, hits the (laughs) ground, and rolls the rest of the way. (laughs) And Danny and her father share a, oh no. Oh my god. That takes us to where Danny's mother comes out with a camera in hand to take a quick photo of everybody uh, to share the moment. Uh, Pete, upon seeing this, flips his hair, turns around, drops to the floor, and assumes the fetal position as he cries out no in complete fear of being caught in the photo. When everyone puts the camera down and turns to question him, he becomes uh, immediately uh, the showman again and walks over, takes the photo, the camera from the mother and says, no, no, please let me take a photo of all of you. To which after he takes the photo, he then sneers and starts giggling to himself maniacally. Very badly, by the by. <laughs> so then that takes us to the next scene where Danny's walking through the house. She hears a weird noise and uh, finds a door, opens the door. A baseball rolls out and shows a set of stairs. So she's like, okay, well, this baseball fell down from there. I'm going to go check it out. She goes up the stairs and it takes her to an attic bedroom, which is pretty unassuming. It's pretty bare. Um, She's, I don't know why she keeps walking through there. I don't know what's with these kids in this show. Like they find a place and they feel they're at liberty to like look at things. Well, everyone else's <laughs> private locations are obviously theirs to peruse. Oh, she it walks over to another door in the room and it opens and in steps Peter. And he's just like, oh, hello, Danielle. <laughs> like, amazingly in steps Peter. Like, she opens the door, has to back up because he's waiting right behind the door for her to open it for him. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's, it's really creepy. And then they keep having, like, a really weird conversation. <laughs> So, again, it's a really nice little flirting conversation if it wasn't between, like, two 15-year-olds. Not even, because she hasn't gone through puberty yet. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, geez, you're right. Uh, So much worse than that. But, again, he's very, like, I like a woman that's fit. What do you do for your, you know, free time? And she starts doing pull-ups on some bar he just happens to have horrible while he lays on the bed and watches her with a suggestive grin yeah it's really creepy he's like i have my parents aren't here i do whatever i want whenever i want and danny's looking at other stuff in his room she sees a picture on his nightstand um that looks like peter standing with an older man and it says 1920 on it and she says is this you and can't be you yeah she's like no that can't be you he's like it's my grandfather he doesn't exactly say no though he just says it's my grandfather yeah we look a lot alike is what he specifically says and then danny looks at uh, another table in the room that has these flowers on it there's a rose bush that is dying and then there's a few geranium plants and then some wiring in between them and some dials and shit and science yeah science it (laughs) is is science science. (laughs) uh and a couple of vials on the side with bright red liquid inside of them um danny goes to touch it and pete freaks out as she's about to adjust a dial uh, with a positive and negative symbol he said that he was exchanging vitality of the roses to the geraniums and danny was kind of appalled she's like but you're killing the roses and he's like well the geraniums are fine by the way you're breaking out so upon being told that she's breaking out danny freaks out and goes and runs to look in a mirror and as she leaves we have creepy pete being more creepy Creepy Pete reaches down and flips up what looks like the cover of an electrical outlet. Instead, it's a giant red button, which he quickly presses, and his entire room 
goes from from unusually aged sparse bedrooms. This is not the room of a, a, a young kid, kid at all. But it does the <laughs> secret agent man flip. The yeah. bed slides into the walls. Panels fall out from the ceiling. Uh, giant tubes come down, and the entire place goes from sparse bedroom into giant scientific lab with camera viewing equipment. Mm-hmm. And that's when you find out that uh, there's cameras behind probably all of the mirrors. <laughs> that might be why they're having trouble with the electricity through the mirrors. <laughs> that old wiring. <laughs> but one of the other aspects of this lab that's revealed is um, there's this set of tubes off to the side with this glowing liquid in them. There's one... <laughs> That has a man symbol, one that has a woman symbol, and one that has a smaller human shape on it. And then there, those are filled with red liquid. And then there's one that's filled with blue that doesn't have any sort of symbol on it. Nope. It's also empty. You're watching Peter watch the monitors, and on the monitors are all the family in the different parts of the house, including Danny looking at her face as it's breaking out. Um, and like Jody said, that this big tube comes down from the ceiling. It's this big cylinder and that's got a hatch on it. Yep. Which Peter immediately walks into and shuts the door behind himself after adjusting a couple of dials. Uh, specifically, one that has a big positive and negative symbol, which he then changes to the positive. As you watch, there's lights that go off in the tube. There's this weird magnified window, and uh, this kid that plays Peter does not know how to laugh maniacally at all. He has the worst, (laughs) weakest maniacal laugh ever. (laughs) Um, But there's lightning and stuff going on. I don't know. Basically, it's showing that he's draining the life out of somebody in the house and taking it into himself. While the lights and stuff are going off, we see Danny's dad in his bedroom after he had just been working out and he's looking at himself in the mirror. And as Peter is in the tube, Danny's dad looks down at his watch and it's like going forward in time really, really fast. It's true. And he doesn't say anything about it. And then he looks at himself in the mirror again and he's gone gray at the temples where he wasn't before. Then we cut to the next scene where Danny and her dad and Peter are playing outside and Peter is ripping it up. He's knocking fastballs, curves balls, doesn't matter. Uh, Whatever the dad is trying to pitch at Peter, he's slinging back with full force uh, to the point where Danny gets angry, takes the ball and says, I've got this, and tries to um, strike Peter out, and he knocks that ball off uh, behind the house with no trouble. Mm -hmm. A very huge difference from his very poor performance on the last couple of, uh, or the last try that he was doing. Yep, and Dad's really, really tired, so he's like, mm, I'm going to go take a nap, honey. I just don't feel very good. <laughs> uh, Peter tells Danny, I've got this, and goes to get the ball, uh, as he will not let her. So Danny, with no other choices, runs inside the house to go see what her mom's doing, because, well, Dad's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out Mom's done, too. <laughs> yep, she's gone great at the temples as well, well, where she wasn't, and she's very tired. She's falling asleep sitting up. And she also happens to notice she looks at Danny's face and Danny's breaking out more. And she happens to comment, oh, I think we need to get some medication for your face, honey. (laughs) To which Danny again freaks out and goes to run to the bathroom mirror and cue creepy Peter again looking through the fucking monitor at Danny as she's looking at her face in the mirror. And uh, you see her looking at all the the pimples that have shown up and then... (laughs) And then she, like, opens up the front of her shirt. Like, she looks down the collar of her shirt and looks down. She's like, huh, hmm. <laughs> oh, I missed that. I was yeah. hoping they'd do something like yeah. that. Because it's very obvious she's going through puberty. Yeah. But I, I hadn't caught that particular thing. And I was I, I was hoping there would be something like that for Yeah. It. So, yeah, uh, Danny's going through puberty. Her parents are becoming old and decrepit. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's reverse puberty. Otherwise called death. 
Then Danny reaches up to touch the mirror, I think to adjust. It's the front of a medicine cabinet. I think she's trying to get inside. But her strong athletic muscles <laughs> so strong. shatter the mirror in her grasp. Uh. Um, it could also have been that it blew a fuse. And <laughs> Those damn fuses and mirrors. <laughs> uh, and the whole glass just shatters. And there's what looks like a camera or something behind the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very disconcerting. Danny calls her father in, who looks at it. Yeah. So tired. Uh, don't just clean it up and walks right back out. And Danny's just like, "Fuck this!" and throws water on the camera, which causes sparks to fly everywhere. Mm. Um, he's looking in on this from the cameras and smiles quite a lot. He actually thought that was pretty cool. He's totally team go, Danny. Yeah, he he really likes her. <laughs> she goes outside hunting around. She thinks she sees someone um, because parents are obviously laid up. She thinks it's Peter. She calls out to him, but nobody responds. So she continues to move through the field, specifically the field where Peter had knocked the ball into earlier. Um, and what she finds is a small graveyard. Uh, headstones the line of Peter's family. Um, and there's one marked Peter uh, from with the date 1907 to nothing filled out. Behind those are a couple of figures you don't get a good look at just yet. Yeah, but they, they're obviously not headstones. They look like they're made of wood, and they've got tally marks on them. Yeah, they look a lot a lot similar to the little figures we saw earlier on the vials yep. in Peter's uh... lab. <laughs> Danny again goes running into the house um, to try and talk to her parents. I think at this point she figures out it's the mirrors, and she runs back in to start taking care of them. Uh, to tell her parents to stop looking into the mirrors, to stop doing anything. She actually begins to pull the mirrors down from the walls, and her dad walks in once more and tells her to stop this shenanigans, stop this foolishness, and put those mirrors back where they belong. This isn't our house. Stop mm-hmm. being weird, honey. So Danny gets really fed up, and she really wants to go find Peter, so she goes and runs up to his bedroom. He's not in there. The room looks normal, and she starts kind of hunting around a little bit, and she finds that special little cap that's hiding the big red button. She flips it, presses the button, and the lab comes out, and she's like, okay. So she finds everything there, She including the monitors. So she's watching on the monitor that her parents are in the parlor or something. They're sitting on the couch together drinking tea, and as she's watching this, she notices there's an old man in the parlor with them and it's really confusing because she doesn't know of any other guests that are there but immediately she comes down and says is there a new guest here what's going on i thought we were the only people lo and behold it is peter who should young peter who should stick his head from around the chair and be hi danielle (laughs) yeah still creeper mccreeper face yeah that poor kid (laughs) and uh she's real freaked out and she decides to go running outside yet again and she goes and she finds the graveyard once more and she takes a closer look at those markers that she didn't get a very good look at 21 men 15 women 34 kids 10 dogs yep it's very sad and these black markers have little tally marks on them obviously showing that these are all the victims peter has had over the years right after that peter surprises danny um Telling her, I see you have found my family's graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you everything. <laughs> Pretty much. A very Bond villain sort of way. Peter reveals that Danny's parents are going away soon. They're checking out, it could be said. But he really likes an athletic female. <laughs> and she could be young with him forever yep. if she was willing to stay. 
He's very impressed with her and how she learned to avoid the mirrors because she's right. It's in the mirrors. Yep. Ooh. And it's sucking away their vitality. And that's all we're going to tell you because science magic. Uh, as he's saying this, he gets closer and closer to her and he eventually reaches out to try and grab her. Uh, she pulls a camera out, a Polaroid, the one her mother was using earlier, and takes a quick snapshot to distract him and then runs back into the house. Uh, and then we lose sight of Danny because we have no idea where the hell she just went. And it cuts scenes back to Peter, who has back up in his attic laboratory, manipulating the dials and getting back into the tube because, well, it's time. He's had enough. It's time for the parents to go. Danny finally, you know, she runs into her parents' room and her parents just absolutely cannot move anymore. They, they've pretty much given up and Danny's like, well, fuck this. She grabs a, a mirror off the wall and goes running up the stairs to Peter's room. I had no idea why she was doing this. It didn't make any damn sense to me. But she runs up there. She rips the tube open because she's fucking Incredible Hulk or whatever. And uh, there's Peter. And Peter's like, no, what are you doing? After she, she opens the door and, and messes with some buttons and stops the process. Then she shoves the mirror in his face. And she's like, look at yourself. Look at you. <laughs> Maybe a little less dramatic than that, actually. (laughs) Peter does not want to look at himself, and he cowers away from the mirror, and they do a little ring around the rosy (laughs) as they run around the outside of the tube. Yeah, until Peter comes right back into the yeah, right back into the tube where she locks him back in. Locks him. She turns the knob shut. I guarantee you, there's a knob on the inside of that tube that allows he he can turn back out and be like, okay, and go downstairs. But yeah, I don't know why he's stuck in there now, but he is. And Danny finds the fancy little negative positive switch, and she's like, oh ho! And she turns it from positive all the way down to negative. (laughs) And we see those tubes of goo off to the side. They, the ones that represent her parents, suddenly shoot right back up to full. And the mysterious one that was empty prior is filled now with blue suddenly deflates uh, as the others go back up. Yep. And we just hear Peter yelling and screaming from inside the tube. And uh, <laughs> Oh no. Whoa, it's me. <laughs> even with how dramatic all this shit is, like, I don't understand. Danny just leaves. Like, she just leaves everything there as it is and goes and runs downstairs to go check on her parents where they have, like, the most anticlimactic, slowest, like, resolution I have ever seen because she she runs into the room and her parents calmly wake up being like oh yeah we feel better now her parents awake as if they had just come back from a fresh nap uh one of them says man i feel like i just lost 50 years i feel wonderful (laughs) yeah and then they're like well what do you want to do and she's like well let's just get away from here And then, of course, they're cool with it then. Um, so for no actual anything. explainable reason or how much money they've paid to own this, rent this hotel, they pack up and leave. Very um, calmly. They're not scared. They're not freaked out or anything. No. The parents have no idea what's happening. They they don't remember anything. Nothing's been odd. They didn't see Peter, so I don't know even how they checked out. Yeah, I don't know. But the next scene is where we started, where they're loading up their car outside and uh getting ready to leave and danny's putting some toys or something in the back of the car and she hears somebody say danny danny and she looks over and there's an old man in the window that her parents don't seem to notice parents are obviously very oblivious people and uh it's peter because danny says as much as he says peter and enjoy he's, your youth danny he says the creepiest thing ever he's like I'm going out back to join my family, finally. (laughs) Peter? 
Goodbye, Danny. I'm going out back now to join my family. It's been far too long. Enjoy your youth while you can. So basically, this old man is talking to this little girl through a window being like, I'm going to go kill myself and bury myself. I'm going to walk into my grave now and give up on living. (laughs) And she's just kind of like, "Hmm." that seems reasonable. (laughs) And then her mom walks up to her and she's like, Danny, I found this photo in the front yard. Do you know who it is? And it's a Polaroid of old Peter trying to reach for the camera. And Danny looks at it and kind of, she has a weird smile. That's just a sad old man. (laughs) And she leaves the photo on the front steps of this hotel and then gets in the car and they drive away. (laughs) I understand that this old man is like pretty much a serial killer and a weird scientist magician. But like, she has absolutely nothing to say that this old man is going to go like commit suicide out in the woods or whatever. (laughs) No, she's totally chill with everything going on right now and her parents don't give a fuck and even and she never tells them no she never tells them she has no problems with what's going on she doesn't feel any sort of sensation to killing peter or (laughs) to really saving her parents or anything about what's happened she's just like yep it's a great day to leave now that's all i want which fine i guess (laughs) Uh uh-huh very weird And according to Kiki, you know, they left and Danny finally convinced her parents to go to the ocean. Yeah, Kiki also mentions that it was obvious there would be no more shenanigans Yeah. uh, from Peter. I don't know about you, if I was Peter, I would have grabbed somebody, anybody. A dog. (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently he can do that. But there was no dog vial. I'm very confused. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Oh. But yeah, the uh, the episode ends with Kiki basically uh, getting everybody to gather around so they can take a picture with the Polaroid. So their souls can be stolen for later use. Yep, the end. Alright, so, overall <laughs> thoughts. What you got? Oh, Anne Appleton. <laughs> you. You. <laughs> you. I don't know what is with this writer, but she tries to write something that could potentially be really frightening and then isn't so i think there's just a lack of commitment there's good themes in this story the the mirrors as a a way to destroy youth or take it away um the photographs as being potential pardon for that uh even just some of the delivery like him just being a creepy stalker kid could have been a really interesting exploration horrifying completely horrifying but an interesting exploration she can't decide what she wants to actually go with You know, the tone constantly varied in this from happy friendly to oh my god to happy friendly. You know, it wasn't oh my god. He just killed 21 men, 15 women, and 34 kids. Uh-huh. Okay, that's a lot of people. <laughs> or one guy. The, what do you do with the bodies? Oh, well, they're buried inside of that one mound that oh, the uh, signs have. That one tiny mound? He buries a lot of people down. That's probably where all of his youth actually goes, is burying the corpses he did in that one mound that's just going straight down. But there's been, like, no reports of people at this hotel disappearing or anything. and No, I don't know. Maybe there's something else. Maybe they just go to ash and bones and dust. Maybe, but I don't know. It wasn't a terrible story. It wasn't a good story. It was goosebumps quality, at least. At best? Yeah, so Mm -hmm. uh, uh, not very spooky. Um, I would probably give this, like, in the range of Are You Afraid of the Dark, probably a four. I'd give it a five, personally. 
Um, but yeah, there there was a few things that would have made this a lot better. Focusing on just one of the major themes that they wanted would have been great. Um, I would have been completely sold if it had just turned into Peter being a complete creeper and them really playing up his desire to have a relationship with Danielle. Um, that would have been absolutely horrifying and would have made a wonderful story, um, but would probably have been a little bit too real for actual TV. So, like, I'm torn. I don't know if it's just because she doesn't know how to set that up or if it's just she's got a lot of good ideas and she's not able to actually make use of them because it's a children's show. Yep. I think that's probably more like it. Probably. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, let's move on to recommended screening. And for today's recommended screening, we would like to suggest Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus originally was made in 1993. Uh, it stars Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, as the Sanderson sisters, a group of witches from, well, Old Salem. The movie focuses in on their past and how they used to suck the lives out of small children, and that is the reason why we wanted to recommend it for today. This movie is a wonderful featurette uh, for, well, stealing the youth from others and using it to make yourself beautiful and long live. The movie focuses with how those particular sisters were killed for their crimes and how they are destined to be brought back by a virgin on Halloween night. <laughs> yeah. I uh, won't go into our detail with it. Uh, however, it is a fun and lovely, very vibrant movie filled with fantastic costumes and great imagery. And Bette Midler, just being Bette Midler, <laughs> singing and having a wonderful time. What is not to love there alone? However, it is also a movie about new kids uh, overthrowing ancient evil or people who have committed many crimes and having to take out said problems. So, very fitting with today's mood and our current story. Yep, I I agree. It's it's a Halloween classic. It's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, you should probably see it. I went all my childhood not seeing it, even though I was born in 86. Uh, it was just because of complicated reasons, but I didn't get to see Hocus Pocus until I was an adult, and I am a little sad about that. <laughs> It's hard not to be. If you've missed Bette Midler's performances, you should be sad. <laughs> Definitely take it as a, a favor to yourself to go and see this woman perform. Um, and this is a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to go in the same vein of, you know, soul-sucking witches, I would also recommend Stardust. <laughs> that one's more of an adventure movie than um, a straight-out, let's stop the soul-sucking witches sort of thing, but the premise behind that one is um, it's actually a really fun fantasy tale that the main villains are witches that are trying to find a fallen star that has actually become a person um, and they want to steal her vitality so that they can be living as well. I won't go into too much more because it really is a, a fanciful flight um, and it's got some quality lines and a wonderful book by Robert De Niro in the most unusual way. Highly accurate. All right, well, with all of that, let's throw some water on the campfire, and I now declare this meeting of the Midnight Society now closed. Feel free to email us at areyouafanofthedark at hotmail.com. Are You a Fan of the Dark is all one word. You can also visit us at Are You a Fan of the Dark Pod on Facebook. And we also have our Midnight Society fan club where you can submit your own memories or even just comments about Are You Afraid of the Dark? And you can visit our show notes at midnightsocietyfan.club.